Well, good morning to each one this morning. Welcome to the house of God. Special welcome to the visitors here. It's good to have you with us. Why don't we start this morning with a word of prayer. <clears throat> Lord, we come to you this morning. We just thank you for being present in this place. Thank you that you inhabit the praises of your people. Lord, help us to worship you this morning and to seek your face. Pray you would open your word to us now. Help us to apply it to our lives. Just pray you would guide me, guide my thoughts. Pray you would give me wisdom as I share what you've laid in my heart. Just pray this all in your name. Amen. So I'd like to talk this morning about a tale of two ships. Surely it was one of the ugliest wooden structures ever fitted together by human hands. Hewn timbers stretched from end to end, clad with rough boards, bent and bulging. To begin with, the size was awkwardly huge. 450 feet long, 45 feet high, 75 feet wide, and there was only one door and one window. It was common knowledge that the man who had built this strange contraption was perhaps just as peculiar as the thing itself. Before he had begun building, he had lived a fairly normal life, but now he seemed obsessed by some irrational fear of drowning. His reasoning for building the ship made onlookers certain that he was losing his mind. Considering how much time and effort he had put into the project, he had an astonishing disregard for its appearance. As if the sight of the hulking, ungainly vessel built on dry land, miles from any lake or ocean, as if that wasn't embarrassing enough, he went to work one day and spread a black, sticky tar along every crack and seam, inside and out. It was plain and unappealing before, but now it was just plain ugly. The people stared and laughed, certain that this man had just wasted his life. So that's the story of one ship. The other ship, much different from the first, it had glamour from the start. It was smooth and shiny and polished. It was acclaimed and praised by the rich and wealthy. Everyone praised the engine, this engineering marvel. Plush carpeting, mahogany woodworking, endless music, dancing, drinking, eating, and entertainment. It had a 52,000 ton displacement. It was 882 feet long. It had nine decks, 29 boilers feeding its engines, producing 46,000 horsepower. It could carry thousands of people in perfect luxury. It has been described as the pinnacle of comfort and luxury. It had gymnasiums, swimming pools, libraries, high-class restaurants, and opulent cabins. It had the best communication systems, navigation systems, safety systems of its era and it was said to be unsinkable. So you may know which ships I'm talking about. The first one is referring to the ark that Noah built, and the other one is referring to the Titanic. And we all know the end of those two ships. The ugly one that everyone laughed at suddenly became very attractive when it started floating. The other ship that was oozing with luxury suddenly lost all its appeal when it started sinking. 
I'd like to read in Hebrews 11. This is in the faith chapter, speaking of Noah. And it says in another place that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. <clears throat> and here in Hebrews 11, <clears throat> starting verse 7, It says, By faith Noah, being warned of God by things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And I want to take a look this morning a little bit at what that faith did for Noah and what it can do for us. <clears throat> I think the key part in this is where it says that Noah moved with fear. And looking at the definition of fear, this wasn't a carnal fear, such as um, the one definition of it is being an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. I don't think that is the fear that led Noah to building the ark but rather is the other definition of it, the profound reverence and awe, especially towards God. And that is the fear that drove Noah to build that ark by faith. And as it says there, it says, by faith, he moved with fear. And I think that is where he got that fear was by faith and this that fear being a profound reverence and awe of God it says the ark was to the saving of his house and we all know that that is the only thing that saved him was that ark that he built In some ways, our life is like a shipbuilding process as we go through life. How we build and who we listen to matters. And if we listen to the praise of men, and if we're shying away from laughter and mocking, if that's our only guide, if our blueprint is based on popular opinion, we will probably make shipwreck. On the other hand, if we are moved by fear of God, if our blueprint is God's word, if we're guided by a profound reverence and awe of God, if God's praise is the only praise that we seek, we will prosper. And this concept of seeking only God's praise and seeking to, to fear him and following him by faith can get very practical as we consider how it affects our lives. When you look at what it did for Noah, it moved him to action. It says, if you read through the whole account, how he... Pretty much from day one, he started, and it changed the whole course of the rest of his life, how he went about for over a 100 years 
gathering materials and supplies and building this ship, and it completely changed what it did with his time. It changed probably the um, the way he spent his money. It changed the the way he um, conducted his whole lifestyle. And just like that for us, as we consider the fear of God and we consider the... Um, If we, can, if we consider that profound reverence and awe of God and we compare that to in our own life when we're making choices, whether it's choosing the shoes we wear, whether it's choosing the vehicle we drive or the house we live in or the job we have, or whether it's choosing our tools and our toys, whether it's the way we spend our time, is it all governed by a profound reverence and awe of God. I think many times as we live in America with the American dream, we have a tendency to have convenience and luxury and other people's opinions and other people's um, sneering at what we might choose to do. Many times that can subtly make a difference on what we choose and how we, how we live and what we do. And just like Noah's faith moved him to action, it changed how he lived. I think if we have that same faith, the faith that gives us a clear view of God and a, a reverence and an awe of God, it will also move us to action. It will affect the choices we make and the things we do and how we live. There's one song we sang this morning. It stood out to me as we were singing it. It's Be Thou My Vision. The one verse, <clears throat> verse 4 there says, Riches I heed not, nor men's empty praise. Thou my inheritance now and always. Thou and thou only, first in my heart, high King of heaven, my treasure thou art. And that just goes right along with that line of thinking that we can't be heeding men's empty praise. Just as in those two ships, the one that was praised by all the men around it, the ones that looked at it as an engineering marvel and a, you know, the, the pinnacle of luxury and this boat, they called it unsinkable. And just, it was lavished with praise. But yet in the end, we know that that didn't help it stay afloat. And I don't think the builders of the ship were planning for it to run into icebergs. But I don't think we know what's necessarily ahead for us either. As we make our choices, the only thing we can be certain of is that God's word is true. And we know that the the plans he has and the um, the path he has for us to follow is one that will lead to salvation. It will lead to victory. It 
It says the verse 4 in um, Hebrews there. In verse 6, it says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And if we think about how faith can affect every area of our life and how it can lead us to do things that our neighbors may laugh at us for and people may call us crazy for living up to such high standards and to such um, uh, weird views in the eyes of the world. And I think as time goes on, the, the biblical principles become weirder and weirder in the eyes of the world. And they begin to laugh more and more at us that uphold them. But at the same time, we need to have the faith that gives us a fear to... Um, if you remember how that was in the... The profound reverence and awe. That reverence for God and the awe before God that makes us choose the things we choose. and makes us do the things we do. So just to um, sum it up, I want, I want my ship to float. I want what I'm doing to count for eternity. and I want to be of those that look only for the praise of God and not matter what, what men think, what the world thinks of what we choose, that, that we would only be seeking the praise of God. So may our ships float. That's all I have this morning.